0: It's better to be 1-0 in the ACC than 0-1. And NC State's men's basketball team was close to being 0-1 in a road game at Boston College on Saturday. Instead, Wolfpack pulls out an 84-78 win over the Eagles on the road to begin the season at 1-0 in league play. Scott Wood, Wolfpack great, joining me here on Law of the Wolf. And I thought of you on saturday watching the end of regulation in particular to this game does that scare you at all
1: a little bit that you you would think that that long ago to be playing
0: well we've had conversations about this team and what we want to see out of this team and what they're going to need to do to be successful yeah and the game was tied at the in near the end of regulation nc state needed a basket DJ Burns got the ball and I thought, aha, either Kevin listens to the law of the wolf or he's just a smart guy who knows what he's doing because I felt like we saw the situation against BYU where they would get a little panic. They did let the game get away from them. There were some, some leadership gaps there where I didn't see that in this game. I felt like there was a concerted effort uh, specifically at the end of regulation to make sure that DJ Burns was involved in the set, involved in the play, and to make sure everything that kind of went
1: off of him. So that's why, in the best possible way, I
0: was I was thinking of you.
1: Well, I appreciate that. But I think that is just NC State and how they're put together. I don't think they did a great job of getting him the ball more often in the Ole Miss game. Oh, I think yeah, I, the Ole Miss game was like <laughs> a... And I think that you, you saw the results of it he's a playmaker for you he doesn't necessarily bring up the ball or come off a pick and roll and throw the pass right but he gets so much attention so you got to give him a post touch now the one gripe I will have if I had a gripe about the game you got to find more unique ways to get it to him. you know they kind of went that Casey cut baseline set that little pin down action and they just throw it to him in the post so I would do a little bit more creative job of just having you know more sets to be able to get it to him down in the post as opposed to just running that same set especially they did it three times in a row it was a turnover bucket and i want to say he got maybe a shot blocked um but again i would just more unique ways to get it to him down there look
0: at those minutes that he played i know it was an overtime game but 37 minutes season i for dj burns in this game he ends up taking 19 shots no complaints there well, two free throws, m- maybe a complaint there. Uh, but 17 points he did fell out in this game. But look, I-, I think it's fairly obvious that NC State's still trying to figure out who they are. And anytime you add as many new players as they have, yeah. And big three in this game and overtime from Casey Morcel, that's what you're looking for. Um, the games though that were played that I that I thought were might have been the the best sign you want to see, particularly after the performance against Ole Miss, the way this team was constructed was for dj horn and for Jaden taylor to be the top guards to be the ones who kind of were the ball handling instigators the ones who you're going to turn to and lean on not in the same way obviously as jarkel joiner and interquieting and smith last year like everyone's kind of got a square that this is a different group but you did bring in those guys specifically to get you some buckets cannot complain with the way that they performed in this game and and really taylor i thought was a big difference maker in this game.
1: Yeah. And I think defensively too, the one thing that I've been really surprised with, with Jaden Taylor so far in the season is, you know, when you're talking with other coaches, maybe former Butler coaches, one of the things that doesn't really get brought up is he's a really good defender, you know, on ball defending, you know, they kind of made that adjustment. I think it was the second or third game this season where he's guarding the, the the primary ball handler or the point guard bringing the ball up and he's hounding them. He's doing a really good job. Uh, I think he's more probably, uh, a volume score as opposed to dj horn i think Mm -hmm. dj horn does a really good job of getting to his spots shoots it at a high clip uh but they're both bringing something really good to the team and i think that's something they're going to need especially dj's going to be in foul trouble you know he's going to stick his hands in the cookie jar one too many times and he's going to have to take a rest so how can they find ways to score the basketball when he's not on the court. That's that's what they got to continue to figure out.
0: To your point, Taylor's got four steals in this game. Nice stat line for him. 18 points, seven boards, which I think is important, particularly because DJ doesn't exactly rebound his position the way that you would prefer yeah. him to rebound his position. The four and the the four steals. And then DJ Horn played 39 minutes, uh 40 for for Jaden, 39 for DJ Horn. Again, good signs for me. 21 points, and then the five assists. Yeah. for DJ. So you're seeing a little bit of that playmaking side that maybe we hadn't, that nobody definitely didn't see against Ole Miss. There was Middlebrooks was the only one on the on the planet, yeah. against Ole Miss. So more important for me is, and I, and I get that it's early in the season, but when you have a disappointing effort like that, you have a disappointing performance like that, you want to see a team respond. Yeah, and I get maybe maybe you don't think Boston College is a great team. I get you know traditionally Boston College. You know, uh, since Al Skinner, we don't think of it as like an important game, and ultimately, who really knows? But more so, the reaction to "Hey, you can't play a certain way and expect to have a positive experience." And I think that's, I think that's the biggest takeaway for Kevin, looking at how they responded to the old Miss loss.
1: Yeah, and and again, I don't know if the statistics would show it, but. Conte Forum. I'm not even sure if that's what they still call it. I think it is. Yeah, I love going up there. That's my favorite trip in the league. It's not my favorite trip in the league. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take (laughs) the the opposite end of that. It's cold. It's dreary. You know, it's not. You know, they're typically not a dreary. I agree, but I also only went to Syracuse once, so I didn't get too much experience with it. But it's hard to get up to play. You know, you get there and there's there's no fan base really there there's not a big student section it's just hard to get up to play and so for them to come out you know go into overtime continue the same energy throughout after like you mentioned not playing very well against Ole Miss and just laying a complete goose egg that shows a lot of character for the team so you know I think they they still got a lot to learn Coach Keats is still trying to figure out this roster but again, like I said from the beginning, I still think they do have some good pieces to put together a really, really good season. Uh, but we still got a lot to figure out.
0: All right. Speaking of figuring things out, I want to talk about the four position. and We're going to get to that. But first, Mosquito Authority, Pest Authority, Hayes Lancaster. Listen, if you don't already know, huge supporter of NC State Athletics. Huge supporter of this program. This program doesn't happen without Hayes, the OG, OG. So do yourself a favor. Take care of your number one investment. That's your home, right? I, I listen, I've had it all. Ants, bugs, termites. The latest thing has been the termite protection. And you might think, eh, termites, I'll just roll the dice and gamble. Don't. It will cost you money in the long run. It will definitely cost you money. So do yourself a favor. Go to bugsbite.com. You'll see all kinds of coupons and ways to save because Hayes doesn't believe in contracts, but he does believe in saving you money. So go to bugsbite.com. And, you know, this is, you know, about the real estate business, Scott. And when you get a group that has more than 250 agents like hometown Realty does, that suggests to me, they know what they're doing and they have six locations from here to the coast. Again, more than 250 agents, more than 60% of their business is in new construction. So, you know, I I think the way that the, and we'll talk more about the rates, but I think the way that the market's going to go, knock on wood for everyone in this room, that, you're going to see an uptick, especially when the calendar comes, the election comes. All of those things are big factors. You want to get ahead of that process. Best way to do is get the help of the experts at Hometown Realty. It's myhtr.com. Buy, sell, calculate. Yes, they got the mortgage calculator right there on uh, Hometown Realty. So it's myhtr.com, and of course, you're going to close on the house. You're going to need some help. That's where Whitaker and Hamer, Josh Whitaker. Joe Hamer, they've got you covered in all legal matters. Maybe you're like me. Maybe you got a, you know, a, a stray errant uh, illegal passing ticket in downtown Raleigh. Well, uh, Whitaker and Hamer took care of that for me. Maybe you want to sell up a, a business. Maybe you have some family law issues. These are all things that Whitaker and Hamer can handle. Go to the world's greatest URL it is a wh.lawyer. So, I'm looking at this, and we've we've talked about this Boston College game, and I'm thinking, man, I, I'm I should probably give a little love to Mo Diara because 18 rebounds, sir. Yeah. Speaking of not rebounding your position, well, the, here's the opposite, and uh, I think Kevin, this is the one spot that I feel like he's still trying to figure out. Do you play Diarra with Burns? You know, Middlebrooks has the great game against Ole Miss. I saw what he's doing here. He's rewarding. Ben with the start at Boston College got no problems with that one minute for Parker I thought okay unusual yeah uh, particularly because I do believe that Parker is the best athlete on the team uh, Taylor is up there but I think Parker is probably the best athlete on the team so uh, unusual I don't know what was going on behind the scenes there but I think Kevin's still trying to figure that four position out and what kind of works best obviously with DJ since DJ is the most important piece on the chessboard
1: Yeah, I think they're all just very unique. Uh, I think they're going to kind of each bring a different skill set to the game. And I think a lot of it's going to be very depending on matchups. I think Modiar struggles at times against kind of the more athletic, you know, style games. Okay. Uh, I mean,
0: he's 6'10", 2'15". They list him at 2'15". But hear me out. He's
1: skinny, right? (laughs) But the games that they've really wanted to get up and down, I feel like Parker has played phenomenally okay I, th- I feel like that that meets his style more and then on top of it when you need to bang rebound and there's possibly another big involved or there's a big that may give dj issues guarding ben middle brooks can take that and ndr can take that so i feel like they kind of each bring something a little bit more unique and again i think just they all bring energy which which is what you want first and foremost And they got to be able to rebound, like you mentioned. DJ's not an elite level rebounder, so you got to have someone that cleans it up. You also got to have somebody that can guard an elite level big because you don't want DJ getting foul trouble. I think, you know, JR had a big block last night um, on the big fella. Post, post, Post. Post. yeah, Uh, that's a tough. Towards the end,
0: that's a nice little piece of coaching because of post is a difficult matchup. Yeah. for dj and to ask him to try to guard him it, and i know he fell out of the game but he was on the floor when they needed him at the end of regulation there yeah. so that's tough man I, I think you're right it's a mix and match it's the hard part is keeping parker's mental state in the right spot when you're young like that you remember i mean you played a lot as a as a true freshman like you were on the floor the whole time but
1: yeah and i just think it's the personality of of kids nowadays they want minutes and they mm-hmm. want minutes now um but I think I still think he's going to get a lot of minutes. You know they're going to be shuffling that, and let's be clear, DJ had 38 minutes. What was it? Something mm-hmm, crazy? 37. He's not going to play that many minutes each and every night. Now they're going to need him probably for that many, but you got to give him spells as well so that he's effective coming down the stretch to be able to, you know, whether it's pass score to kind of close out some ball games. So th- th- those guys are all going to get minutes. It's just again the matchups that are presented for nc state and how they're going to utilize them
0: yeah parker's six six list them at
1: 205.
0: he's i think he's the best athlete on the team like that's you know but to your point you're not going to use him to guard seven foot quitting post yeah he had 16 minutes against ole miss i I think everybody struggled against ole miss again i understood why Middlebrooks was given the start against boston college because he performed well yeah against Ole i i think they need all three of them like i don't think this is a situation where You sit here and go, oh, we're not going to play these other two. Yeah, I I think you need all three of them. It's just kind of.
1: Well, I think the nice part is outside of Middlebrooks, Dr has shown he can space the court. Yeah, Parker's shown he can space the court, so I think they can kind of. If they even wanted to, they could go a Dr, a Parker at the three, and play with size. I think they could also go Dr at the five, Parker at the four, and go a little bit more athletic. So I think they have some options because those two space the floor. But again, I just think it, it's just going to come down to the matchup.
0: So NC State takes on Maryland Eastern Shore. This is the annual game at Reynolds. You got a chance. You did get a chance to play a few games in Reynolds.
1: A couple. Yeah. Okay.
0: What were your What were your particular... You're a lighting person. You're a backdrop person. You're, very, you're a ball person. You're very particular about all of your settings. What was your... Experience in in Reynolds, like I went. And let me go to the Ken Palms. I'll, I'll pull it up just so
1: we can, we can feel good about what you did. I went four for four in my first preseason game ever in Reynolds. So, I okay. always I always liked Reynolds. Um, you I played it.
0: in it before it was renovated. You guys, I did. Yeah, I, okay. I never got the the, and the lighting
1: was not great. And that's so. Like when my so my dad when he was at Western played. Against, against state against state at oh Reynolds. that's cool and i think he went like two for five from the free throw line and to this day he'll talk about i just hated the backdrop of how it looked right uh, but there's something about it that there's extra excitement the fans are extra giddy yeah because it's just so much history in that building and i think i
0: was gonna say you grew up in indiana and, and yes you were recruited by Monty Tao. So Monty obviously is a connection to yeah. the, the the greatest of days for NC State. But I don't think you were like some sort of NC State historian before you got here.
1: No, but I, I mean, that's the nice part about Monty is he gives you the background. Okay. He's almost like a historian. He's like, yeah. he gives me all He's the really connections yeah. between Indiana to to NC Under State. Case. Yeah. And, it's, and it's kind of actually really looking into it. It's unbelievable the actual connections to it. But... You know, he tells us all the stuff, gives us the backgrounds. And then I think the really cool part is, you know, them unveiling the David Thompson statue for the game is just going to be even more added excitement. But I think that's one of the things that, you know, this staff has to do a really good job of too that that I enjoyed is, you know, kind of educating them on the history. I saw where they came out with something on social media where they were showing David Thompson highlights and they're kind of giving their reactions. So You know, just kind of going back and kind of giving that history because there's a lot of really, really good NC State history here that, you know, some of these kids got to learn and understand. And I think a little bit of it is taken away because we never had the opportunity to play at Reynolds. Mm -hmm. Uh, So trying to, you know, educate them as much as they can. Yeah, just to
0: take a minute. I know people listening to this are NC State fans, but if they're younger and they don't realize, David Thompson, (laughs) there was no three-point line, okay? Number one, number two, they wouldn't let him dunk. Okay. And number three, he was not eligible to play as a freshman. Yeah, It wasn't him. It was an NCAA rule. And yet his scoring records stood at NC state until Rodney Monroe and the three point line came along in the early nineties. Okay. So that that's number one to recognize. I've watched exactly one basketball game with David Thompson. It was the, uh, Seventy-four semifinal where they beat UCLA. Yep. And I watched that game, and I thought to myself the whole time, every jumper he's taking is a three-pointer. Like every time he took a jumper, it was from twenty feet. Yeah. So his numbers, and and again, if you gave him a fourth year, let alone what we're seeing now with guys in five and six years, if you gave him a fourth year of eligibility with a three-point line and the ability to dunk. He is already considered the greatest player in the history of this conference, okay, by by the people who actually watched him and yeah. covered him and played against him. He is already that. I'm just telling you, if he had either of those two things, or if he had both of those two things, he would have put up numbers that would have never been touched by anyone, yeah, anyone. So sometimes it gets a little bit lost in our uh, fuzzy history. You know, you like you like you say, like, what do we know about David Thompson? War forty four. He was great. Yeah. There's like one picture of him in the arena. That's because, like, for whatever reason, it's the same one of them You know, reaching back. Like, they. I, I wonder I, what the statue is going to be. Uh, yeah, I wonder. So, uh, you know, for me, I think there are, and I wasn't here. Obviously, I was born in '75, but there are people, and I, I actually do remember David Thompson playing in the NBA, and obviously, he had some issues at the um, at the end of his career, and you know, wasn't the same player that he was. Like Michael Jordan literally invited him to the hall of fame it hit michael jordan's hall of fame induction speech to talk because that was michael jordan's favorite player growing up yeah okay so for this whole generation of people who worship michael jordan michael jordan worshiped david thompson okay uh now we can have a different conversation of how michael jordan didn't end up at the same college as david thompson that's for another day though uh, yeah uh, awesome i'm glad i am glad that they're honoring. i'm not a big statue person i I don't i would i don't like them i'm not a uh that's not how i would want to be remembered or if i were running nc state or if i were running a professional team i wouldn't build statues i would i would do other things to kind of try to remember them that's just me being that's just the way that i am because we've seen too many statues have to come down like 20 30 Uh, 40 100 years uh, later you know
1: that's fair but i (laughs) you have to do something yeah for him i the problem is all the naming rights on everything is has already been taken. And I get they don't own PNC or anything. But he needs to have something named after him. And like you, I, I didn't grow up in the era that he was playing. Yeah. I was fortunate enough to have Monty there. So I was able to get more information than what probably the everyday and, person. Yes. Is. Uh but and
0: don't I, underplay Monty's role in this. Don't underplay De- uh Tommy Burleson's role in all of this. Like they really had. When we talk about the greatest teams in ACC history, they're on a really, really short list. Yeah. Like a really, really short list. Again, there was no, and there was no shot clock, by the way. That was the other thing
1: like, yeah, (laughs) seriously, he'd score a lot more points. If there's a shot, clock.
0: there was a game in the hundreds, the the greatest game ever played between them and Maryland. There was no shot clock, no three-point line and did go to overtime, but I think it was 104, 100, like what, how is that even possible? So um yeah, I'm I am glad that NC State's doing it. Monty though, it, you know, what was what did they list Monty at five six? He's five four, probably. <laughs> I
1: mean, he's
0: yeah. He no,
1: he's taller than five four. Buddy, I don't think so.
0: I think I so. I saw him
1: standing next to my wife, and my wife's every bit of five five. <laughs> so and, and they were looking at each other eye to eye.
0: Um, but the the you know, the ultimate point guard, the ultimate leader, and you know, they invented the Alley Oop yeah Monty Tao and David Thompson invented the alley-oop so. competitor
1: ultimate competitor
0: oh yeah and there, I mean there's no doubt about that so uh we'll have to get Monty on this program uh, now that now that I'm sitting here talking with you we'll have to get him on and, and talk a little bit because you're right um it is something that deserves to be highlighted in NC State's history I think I don't know about you I do get a little I definitely get some 74 and 83 fatigue when it comes to nc state
1: well it's just it's it's what you got to talk about i mean we I we go through the spell of oh we haven't had a conference championship since 92 but in all reality there's so much history whether it's any sport that if you actually go back and look at it that you know has had a positive impact on not only the acc but ncaa as a whole yeah so
0: um no i don't want them to ignore them I, and that might come out wrong i I think i think there are some fans who kind of feel the same way that i do it's like oh it's the like last year obviously it's 40th anniversary right like that's a thing but it was like oh it's the 37th anniversary it's the well that just seemingly like every we we come up with a reason nc state comes up with a reason to kind of celebrate them and it's like okay let's to your point there's there's other parts of their history that they could probably yeah i get it It, it, you got to go back a little bit of ways and, and figure some things out but uh you know it's it's uh it's interesting uh yeah. and of course you know to tie all this together eddie biedenbach is the assistant coach who recruited david thompson eddie biedenbach's daughter i went to school with uh, both of his daughters and mm-hmm. one of them is now married to rod brendamore yeah so every time i i see rod we we talk a little bit about uh eddie and and whew, talk about rod rod's brooks son brooks man that's the because eddie was a hell of an athlete yeah he played all sports, like amazing. So, um, I, I'm sure he'll be there for the for the statue and everything else. It's always good to get the cruise. Money coming in town
1: tomorrow. I'm I'm sure he will be. I okay. haven't I haven't talked to him since the event that they because
0: you're you're doing the game for for ESPN.
1: I am. Okay. I am. So it'll be a lot of fun. Um, it, is this your last game? I got one more after that. St. Louis. Oh, okay. At, at PNC, um, but it it'll be a lot of fun. It'll be a lot. I'm sure production will be really heavy on you know DT stats and. Honestly, that's one of the more enjoyable parts. They they pull some of the craziest statistics that I've never even heard before, but it's just kind of fun <laughs> to hear.
0: Absolutely. Uh, so they get UMass on Wednesday, 345 in, in Ken Palm. A uh, little bit of a break until next Tuesday. They play Tennessee Martin, uh, 258 in Ken Palm. So these are two games that should be layups. Tennessee, uh, we'll obviously talk more about it as we get closer. I've seen now Tennessee play against Carolina and they lose to Carolina, Mm -hmm. uh, thinking back to last year, we saw Tennessee play against Duke. So now this is state's chance to get a, to get a look at Rick Barnes and and the volunteers really their last chance also to, to get a signature win for their NCAA tournament resume. I don't like now can now Tennessee's lost three games in a row, by the way. Uh, they just happen to be to Purdue, Kansas, and Carolina. <laughs> so I, I don't think we need to worry about the Volunteers right now.
1: Well, maybe Justin Gayney will throw us one. How about that?
0: That's his son playing for them, right? Yeah. Oh,
1: you know he's coaching there, right?
0: I know. No, no, no. I know Justin. I just yeah. so Justin is a year younger than me. Yes, one year younger than me. So his '97, he played every minute of the 1997 yeah. ACC tournament. It was amazing. Um destined one of those guys destined to be a coach hoping for him that he replaces rick when rick's ready to retire at tennessee i think there's a real possibility of that would Would love to see um justin get a chance to run his own team because what he's been able to do arizona i'm thinking specifically but also app state and some other places like he he Marquette. knows how to he's at
1: Marquette Marquette, for a while. but
0: he, he knows how to go and find players yeah. that maybe are, are a little bit off the beaten path and uh, obviously, didn't have to look too far for a son, but <laughs>
1: yeah, that's an easy one.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I'm looking forward. At that. But that game's in San Antonio. I don't like that. Did you? Did you? Is it
1: for a tournament?
0: No, hmm. it's this one-off that they're playing in San Antonio. I'm trying to remember. Did you, did the the Godman did a lot of home and home. I mean, technically, your St. Bonaventure game was played at a neutral site, but that was Rochester. That wasn't.
1: Um, we did the. I mean, the Jimmy V Classic that was at the. Okay, you
0: played UConn up at the Garden. Uh, that, that feels different than randomly playing Tennessee in San Antonio, because that was the first time State had actually played in the Jimmy V. Too.
1: Yeah, I mean that's a that's not a home court advantage for anybody. I'll tell you that. The Garden, at uh, Texas. Oh oh oh,
0: no no.
1: But I feel like that's middle of nowhere.
0: I I, I don't like it. I've already yelled at Kevin, about. Why are you playing game to go to Tennessee so they can come here next year? Like,
1: yeah, I, I would rather go to Tennessee, but at, at the end of the day, if, if you got to get quality wins and you got to schedule some quality opponents, I mean, you take what you can get. Yeah.
0: What What would you like to see out of NC State over the uh these next two games? Now we'll talk again next week. But what would you like to see when you're playing a team like this, who you know you're better than and and you should dominate? Well, what do you expect or what do you what do you want to see out of a team in this situation?
1: Yeah, I think just kind of how you said it, just dominate. Uh, you got to understand that there are always things to work on. You know, maybe you're not very good with your left hand and you're up 20. This is a time to to work at it, you know. I also think that it's a good opportunity to get minutes to see what some of the other guys that have not gotten as many minutes, see what they are kind of can do. You know, Ernest Ross came in, grabbed two quick fouls in the Boston College game, went to the bench. He's probably itching for some minutes. Same thing with LJ, Breon. Uh, there's a lot of guys on that roster that are really itching to get out there. So it gives them an opportunity to say, you know, let let's send a message. Let's send it early, you know, come out with a little bit of intensity and, you know, put them away early so that we can get some of these other guys in there. So then also you don't got to sit there and, you know, worry about any injuries or anything crazy happening towards the end of the game because you left it tight. All right,
0: I'm going to let you get out of here without any football talk this week. But because um, I'm going to have J.C. Zemble from Wolfpack Central come on. Talk about some of the roster turnover that's happening for NC State football. What did you think, though? They end up uh, playing in the Pop Tarts Bowl. they be playing Kansas State. Scott, would, if you were a senior, would you be playing in this and you had NFL prospects? Would you be playing in this bowl game?
1: Yes, I would be. Just me personally. I don't know if it makes the most sense for a lot of people, but this is one of the things just kind of bugs me. It'd be like, yeah. I, I, how many guys do you see make the NCAA tournament and sit out? The NCAA tournament? For basketball? Um, None. I I don't don't understand why we're sitting out for these bowl games then. Mm. Why is it an
0: option? I mean, you could technically win the national championship when you play in the NCAA tournament. You can't win the national championship playing in the Pop-Tarts Bowl.
1: Okay, so then that just tells me any bowl outside of the big four doesn't mean anything to me. Why are we playing them?
0: Right. I would play the bowl games at the beginning of the year, particularly now that the playoff is here next year. They need need to take a serious look at it
1: or why don't we just make it round robin from the beginning and rank everybody at the beginning of the year and just have 64 teams in and you keep advancing <laughs> i like that like I, I don't understand like that that my biggest pet peeve with football is you're going to a bowl and you legitimately want to sit out i mean i get there's a lot more risk for injury in football than there's basketball sure. but i mean it's still an opportunity to win it's an opportunity to win 10 games
0: yeah i think it's a little bit different this year also i was disappointed in the way that NC state approached and played in the mayo bowl last year down in Charlotte, especially since it was Maryland as yeah. we, as we talked a lot of response last year, well, And then all these the guys transferring. Yeah, There's a lot of guys leaving. Like I'll ask you and maybe you have a different opinion, but I will say that pe- the reason people transfer is to play more. Like I know there's money, well, but ultimately you want to play. And if you're not playing at NC state and Dave has been upfront about this, like he helps people. He says, you know, all of these receivers who are leaving,
1: right? So my question is, the ones that are leaving mm-hmm. that have dressed out the season or have played for a university, are they transferring and then missing out the, they're just going to sit out their bowl game after they played the whole year? I think they give,
0: I mean, I think it depends on their relationship with the team, but there are, I think there are some players who will play in the bowl game, even though they're leaving. Okay.
1: As long as they're playing, I mean, I'm I'm fine with it, but. It's like, is Duke's coach going to, did they make a bowl game? No, he's
0: gone. Yeah, they made a bowl game. He's, someone else will coach them during the bowl game.
1: I feel like that's wrong too.
0: Yeah. Well, he's the coach at Texas A&M now. He's not the coach at Duke anymore.
1: Good for him. You just left your, the guys that you phrased high in the I round. know. That's why, you know,
0: we haven't talked about MJ Morris, but that's why, obviously in the middle of the season, it's a little bit different, but MJ Morris made a decision that he thought was best for him. Mike Elko made a decision that he thought was best for him it's kind of part of college sports now uh, there's too much money
1: And i just want hey listen as a fan don't get mad at the player when the coaches are doing the same right way. that's all i'm gonna say
0: right that, that that's my attitude as well so
1: all right yeah thank you
0: everyone for your comments last week again if you got some just drop them right there subscribe do all those good things and scott we will uh maybe yeah we will do this again next week but we'll we'll have a little break we'll have a little winter break don't worry Uh, But we'll have to talk. We'll talk after the Tennessee game about that Um, because I know you got a lot going on here. And before I get you out of here, of course, what is the best way for people to find you? Keep in mind, I do not have my glasses on today. So uh, Scottwood15.com. That's correct. All right. Scottwood15.com. You see it on the screen right here. Um, Scott can help you with your mortgage. Mm -hmm. Scott can help you get ready. If you're thinking about buying a home maybe you have a home maybe you're trying to figure out hey i need cash out a little refi action yeah. I need a little help with that that could be you that could be scottwood15 go to scottwood15.com i cannot read the telephone number so that'll be your you're in charge
1: 765-609-0453 but i'm going to go a different direction okay shout out to hayes again so my wife saw a cockroach on the wall okay that day <laughs> that day they had somebody out at the house to take care of it so they've got us already set up they were that quick so shout out to hayes and his team for for helping us out
0: yeah doesn't get any better gotta take care of your house the best and before you get in your house you need a loan so again scottwood15.com check them out uh scott appreciate you man thank you see you next week And before we talk some football here on Law of the Wolf, I'm worried about your Christmas shopping. And I can help you. Go to homefieldapparel.com. They have unbelievable selection of all NC State stuff. Jackets, hats, sweatshirts, T-shirts, sweatpants, you name it. They've got it. Old school logos, new school logos. They got you covered from A to Z. Use the promo code OG15 excuse me, use the promo code OG23 and save 15%. Use that promo code OG23, save 15%, get yourself that jacket, get your dad that jacket, get your mom that jacket, get your wife that jacket. Great stuff. It's homefieldapparel, homefieldapparel.com. And there would not be an NC State podcast without our friends at Breeze Through We were there at the Breeze Through on Trinity and Edwards Mill after NC State's big win over North Carolina. You'll see us back out there for some other live shows. It was such a success. Can't thank Adam enough for his help, but for all of your gas needs, for all of your snacks, for all of your coffee, for beers, Gatorades, hydration, you name it. They've got it. Hats, unbelievable hats at Breeze Through. Go check them out. More than 17 locations that got you covered from here all across the state, wherever you're headed, breeze through, is there for you. Housekeeping. All right, you could see his face there, JC Zimble. Wolfpack Central, Wolfpack rivals. Joining me here on The Law of the Wolf, JC, before we get into some football talk, I wanna make sure I give props to the NC State women's basketball team. They're now 9-0. As my friend Kyle Wiggins likes to point out, they're picked eighth in the ACC. 8th, and they are now number 3 in the country. Obviously, those big wins over UConn and Colorado, uh, boosting their out-of-conference play. The women schedule is still kind of weird to me, in the number of games that they play in the league. Their league play will not start until December 31st, but did want to make sure, because and and I am going to work on getting Sanai Rivers on this program, because I I am fascinated by by her story. So, uh, for the NC State women basketball fans out there, I'm here for you. I see your comments. I'm with you. I got you. Uh, But the football season wrapping up, the regular season's done. NC State closes nine and three. And and JC, you know, we talked during the season a little bit about the position that the roster was in and kind of how it got here. And now we see uh, from your site, there are, I'm going to put the list up here, even though you said there's another one. Uh, There have been 18 players leave the program. Now, this includes Jordan Houston. So this would be from the start of the season, right?
2: Correct. This is a list of the players who have departed since basically Jordan Houston. Okay. And it includes Michael Crowell, who's giving up the sport because of injuries. And he has a higher calling, literally. Um, He's going to be a pastor or minister uh, down the road. But, uh, you know, it's interesting, like, this has become such a crazy time of the year. And, you know, I asked this to Coach Doran last year. He used to love December. Now he doesn't. <laughs> you know, it, it. when you look at all the players that are trying to transfer into school, well, they have to be into school by mid-semester. Okay. So there, there is a time crunch. There, There's no negotiating the time crunch. There. You can't put off the transfer portal to March or June or, you know, whatever. Like you have to have these kids in school and enroll. So you have all these players who want to transfer, you know, to a school. You have signing day on December 20th. You have bowl prep and the bowl game itself on December 28th. Um, High school recruits and junior college recruits, uh, same deal. Now the high school kids in theory could go to February, but most don't. They usually sign by December 20th. The junior college kids who SAID is offered a boatload of uh, we, first year I ever had to do a junior college hotboard, uh, which is on the site because there's okay. over like 13, 15 kids that have been offered.
0: So what's and the they advantage?
2: have to enroll by most of them, not all of them, but most yeah. of them have to enroll um, for mid semester too. So that they have a time crunch. And unlike the high school kids, they don't get to go and visit on a Saturday. They're playing their own game. <laughs> for their junior college on a saturday and then you throw in the two state uh two days of state title games friday and saturday at nc state and unc and then just for uh just to cap the month off the john wall holiday invitational at raleigh broughton uh for the basketball crew so i mean it's there's just whole much going on in the month of december uh more so than ever before
0: okay i, I want to get to the juco stuff in a second but first let's go through this list not not every name but obviously the ones who stand out to me CJ Clark is a guy up front on defense played a lot uh Lyndon cooper was a, a player who started on the offensive line notably since the Duke game went to the bench you know there were some there's some pub- public comments there that it, some could have interpreted as him being blamed for things and he had some penalty problems another name that that jumps out at me is Jaquin Harris I don't know all, all of his health and then you know I'll be honest with you jc i expected these receivers and there's a lot of them on this list and chris Tootle, a tight end on this list in part because those guys weren't making plays for nc state and quite you know maybe harshly as some people depending on your view of college athletics like if you're not going to be good and you're not going to play i'm sorry this isn't dave went through too much of this at the beginning of the season playing a porter rooks playing Um, you know Terrell Timmons and an Anthony Smith and it's like if you're not going to make plays you shouldn't be on the field there shouldn't be some sort of like you know socialism communism hey just because you're on the team that you get to play like there should be some sort of way this is how it has to be I'm sorry
2: yeah I I agree with you completely I mean I think you and I both predicted there would be house cleaning house cleaning. your own rare. you could you could do your own jingle but right. we knew that was coming at wide receiver and tight end, and it happened. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if it's not completely done. You know, there could be a couple more wide receivers or tight ends that are uh, still could enter, enter the portal who haven't played at all. So there's, there's that dynamic. I, I think C.J. Clark will definitely be missed. Um, I would make a case that Brandon Cleveland will be a very good starting nose tackle. Uh, he'll be a junior next year okay backup this year so i i don't have i don't know how much of a draw there may not be a major drop off at nose tackle in terms of the starter what it means though is they have to find somebody to be the new brandon cleveland as the backup this happened last year where Corey durden was the starter and you know you had to move brandon cleveland from defensive end to nose tackle so there was a backup behind cj clark because cj clark originally was also a defensive end um you know, Jakeen Harris, when he's healthy, is a serviceable college safety when he's healthy. We, we know that. That's proven. He's played a lot of football. Um, obviously, he had a, a terrible situation where he got hurt, I think, five plays into the UConn game. Yeah. So that, that was yeah. brutal. Yeah. Um, you know, I think Terrell Timmons will be good one day. He has all the the physical abilities to be good one day. Um, you know, but college football is a here and now business. Yeah. To be clear,
0: I'm not being that guy who's like, "Oh, everybody who leaves a program stinks, and everybody who comes in is going to be, you know, an all-American." I just I look at it, and I think it gets back to something that Davis said, and I I have no reason to not believe what he's telling us. He has conversations with all of these players, and basically tells them like, "This is what I think your role is going to be, and if you think you know you can play somewhere else and get more playing time somewhere else, I will. Heck, I'll help you." Mm-hmm. Try to find you a, a maybe a maybe you go down a level, maybe you know, maybe it's a G five, maybe it's a one double A situation. I don't know. Um what what was the total last year basically? You had Devin Leary. Yeah, I was, it was around extended. 12
2: or 13. Okay. I looked at it. I I studied what happened last year, and you know, basically Devin Leary transferred to Kentucky. He was yeah, he was and there were some extenuating it. circumstances, obviously, yeah. with Devin. Uh you know, in terms of, I look at it as most of the guys on the list that you had up are probably going to end up at a group of five program. Okay. That, that's my prediction. You know, most of them are claiming offers on Twitter already from the East Carolinas, the Liberties, the Marshals, the Georgia States of the world. Uh, and uh, outside, that, there's
0: nothing wrong with that. I just, like I'm, that. I'm not sitting here saying these guys stink, get rid of them. Da-da-da. No, I'm saying I think they probably had a real conversation with with Dave and he said this is where I think your role will be. And if you
2: so you the, this is the difference between football and basketball basketball you could play for fun some of these guys could go to a smaller school and play overseas mm-hmm. you know, when you're done with college football typically you're done you know very few get to make the NFL some a very handful will try you know whatever Canadian Football League or the xFL or usFL we, we see a few of those guys but usually when you're done you're done And if I was somebody who basically sat the bench for three years and I had one shot to finally play at a smaller school, I don't blame the kid. I mean, unless he has, you know, an academic reason to stay or a girlfriend or, you know, extenuating circumstances. Okay. I get why that guy, I call those kind of guys, program guys. Yeah. And sometimes we see program guys end up having a niche Delbert Mims developed into a good short yardage runner this year after not playing a lot that was his niche he stuck around and you know he filled that role and you see that happen uh sometimes though i mean i look at the list from last year you know demi sumo carnivalite maybe he'll play next year he was a backup of kentucky yeah. so he went that was the game.
0: one yeah that was the one where i thought okay they, they really could have used him this year obviously
2: you know, the, the whole nose tackle discussion we just had is created because the backup nose tackle Joshua Harris went to Mississippi where right. he was also a backup. I think he had 13 tackles and 12 games or something like that. Nothing crazy. Uh, ben Finley, obviously extenuating circumstances. Got a yeah. shot to play it, Cal. Yeah. He's now in the portal again. You know, no, is this time I bet he goes to a smaller school where he knows for sure <laughs> he is going to be point. the guy. Um you know, those are, and then Devin Carter. He was the fifth one to go to a high major. He started at West Virginia. He had the same flashes and the same inconsistencies that he had at NC State. West Virginia was not a a dynamic offense. So it'll be interesting to see. I'm sure they'll have a career day against UNC in the bowl game, though, because everybody has Devin Carter. I'm sure will light up UNC in that bowl <laughs> game in Charlotte, right? But then you look at the other guys, the guys who dropped down a level. Really, only one played at their smaller school, and he's really like the most least likely of them. You wouldn't even remember him, but there was an offensive lineman named Thornton Gentry from Chapin, South Carolina, who appeared to be like the third string right guard at NC State. He transferred and he went to App State. Now, one thing I do know is that the coaching staffs between NC State and App State are pretty, pretty close. They they know each other. They communicate with each other. I don't doubt any of that. So I'm sure Appalachian state got some inside info like, Hey, give this kid a chance next year. No, he starts the last seven games of the season at left tackle of all places in route to their, their, uh, into the Sunbelt, uh, uh, title game. So he's the one, but it's really amazing when you look at a lot of the others, some of them had injuries. I'm sure. I don't doubt any of that, but because, you know, some just didn't play much, but, A lot of them, they went to their smaller school and they didn't do much at their smaller at the smaller school either. So I think we see a lot of that, which is why I don't I don't get too worked up about um, what's happened with NC State's exodus. Um, You know, I I... So
0: where where does where does state go from here to fill this? I think you made a great point there about having to have a JUCO board for the first time in your. Twenty-five year career. <laughs> That's I mean, I, I think it's related to nil money, right? Like everyone uh, has these dreams of.
2: uh J- JUCOs uh, are a great thing because a, at this time of the year, everybody's concentrated on four-year transfers. Right. B, I don't know how if any of them are going to be greedy. You know, right. most as Dave doran pointed out this year, like they love the perks of being going from bus rides and you know Kansas and Mississippi to you know, all the nice amenities that happens as a, a, a player at NC State. Uh, they signed three last year. Two of them really con- uh, contributed in big ways um, in their roles. Bishop Fitzgerald at safety was was big because of all the injuries to guys like Jakeen Harris and others. Um, you know, Red Hibbler became a great pass rusher yeah. um, off the edge. That's a that's a crucial role. Uh, he was fine. The third one was Terenti Hinton who had a little bit of a role, but then kind of got banished after the Duke game when he got beat on the double move um, by Jalen Calhoun. So he didn't play much um, at corner after that, mostly special teams. But this is what I see. I see, I think, a number of scholarships right now in the low 70s. Now, State can do different things with the math. They can uh, they could make a guy an NAL walk-on. We've seen that in the past. They might take a kid who was a walk-on that got a scholarship and then he goes back to being a walk-on, which is not a nice thing to do, but that's part of big boy college football. But in, in essence, they have in the low seventies, this is what's new. Usually, usually state tries to have sign their high school kids. And there's like, say, you know, 93 kids going into when everybody is enrolled in the summer. Um, and then have to pare it down and usually slowly, but surely kids transfer after spring football, maybe somebody flunks out academically and they get to the 85 number. This is like one of the first years where they go into signing day with a boatload of scholarships, which then goes back to a handful of high school kids, a lot of the JUCOs that they're trying to get. And then the portal guys. So, you know, if you haven't
0: been great in the portal which is why I was interested in what you said about Juco. It makes sense if you have holes to fill and you've had more success doing that than you have in the portal. That's something that would make sense to me. I, but I'm I'm looking at this going they need a quarterback which yeah. you know reports on Grayson McCall are, are interesting. We could talk a little bit about that. You need someone to replace Peyton Wilson. Obviously you're not going to get Peyton Wilson, but you need someone who's going to lead your defense. I'm not sure they have one of those now that could be Jalen scott but uh
2: no, Jalen I, scott's gone
0: okay so yeah. m- money wise you're yeah. gonna need to buy a linebacker you're gonna need to buy a quarterback i mean those are the two I, and i don't know what their plan is at, at running back i love um the promise and some of the potential of Raphael. he showed he showed me something in those last two or three games there was a little bit more there i know probably he was healthy he's probably part of it but obviously, you need more than one running
2: back. Well, they, they finished the year with two scholarship running backs with Doug yeah. and Kendrick Raphael that were healthy. Yeah. So, you know, I, they have a, a very exciting high school player coming in, Jaden Duke Scott, just okay. ran over 300 yards in his Georgia high school playoff game. You know, a fascinating name has entered the, the portal. I love to call it the Ghosts of Recruiting Pass with Daylon Hollywood Smothers.
1: Okay, who, I saw it on the screen just Yeah, um, did Oklahoma. not play
2: much at Oklahoma. Yeah. Uh, very good friends with Kevin Concepcion. I'm sure it's a very weird dynamic with some of these 2023 recruits who saw Kevin blow up at NC State while they're redshirting at their own respective schools. Obviously, in the big picture, everybody runs their own race. And if you're good, you're good, and you'll eventually get your shot. But Kevin obviously got a shot as a freshman, took advantage of it, while some of these other guys who have entered the portal – you know, might be looking at NC State and like, whoa, you know, look at what what they did with some of their yeah. freshmen. So it'll be fascinating to see what Hollywood Smothers ends up doing. State was right there for him, uh, Charlotte area kid. And you know, feels a and feels a, a need. You yeah. know, he's not he's not the big back who's gonna get 20 20 plus carries and pound between the tackles because he only weighs 181 pounds. Mm-hmm. But you know, he was very exciting. And even though he is on the smaller side, the dude was a really good on blitz pickup. Like you don't notice high school kids on blitz pickup very often did right. with him. Like he was one of the rare, rare backs in high school where, yeah, he, 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 he stuck his nose in there so that, you know, another ghost of recruiting pass is Wesley Grimes who left Wake Forest after two years, uh, Raleigh Millbrook star. He just got offered again by NC state. It'll be interesting to see what, you know, what he wants to do. Um, he would fill at least a role, a receiver to go with Concepcion and Jonathan Paler. You know, I've, I've, you know, been pounding the gavel that they have to get at least two tight ends <laughs> somehow, some way, somewhere. Um, but tight, they're only down to two tight ends and, and one of them is Javante Vereen, who's essentially a wide receiver playing kind of a quasi tight end, unless they do something where they do keep Isaiah Shirley, um, as a defensive end converting to tight end at the end of the year. If they keep him permanently at tight end, well then at least he's one of the tight ends. Um and he's could be a very good blocking tight end, and it'll be interesting to see what happens when they actually throw the ball to the tight ends. Yes. Um so, be an idea. yeah, so that you know they clearly probably need a cornerback if both Shaheen Battle and Aiden White go pro. Um, they both yeah, have a year sure of eligibility left.
0: Yeah, those are the JUCO, that's a filler upper or somebody yeah. you don't spend all that much yeah. money on.
2: But I, world, I think what you pointed out and what you, you said in a roundabout way, somebody like Kennedy who came in from Old Dominion and filled the nickel roll superbly, mm-hmm. who is not wasn't a big name. I'm sure he didn't break the bank at all NIL-wise. But you need guys like that. Yeah. You, need, you need to plug in holes with guys like Kennedy who come in, do their job, you know whether it's for one year, two years, preferably a two-year eligibility guy. But um, those are the guys that are gold for an NC State in yeah. the portal.
0: Let's let's talk a little bit about that quarterback position before we get out of here. And JC Zemble, NC State rivals Wolfpack Central, my guy. Appreciate you, man, taking some time for me as always, going and keeping up with all this stuff because I know the way that you do. Um, Grayson McCall has been at Coastal Carolina. For a minute all right and uh, he's a good player he did not have a great year this year he only played in seven games i suspect he was he was banged up uh he was banged up some last year too but he does have another year of eligibility he did just play for tim beck at coastal carolina what what do you think of of grayson mccall and and if that's your big ticket item if that's your brendan armstrong this year if you spend your nil money on grayson mccall would it be the right would it be the right move for NC state.
2: Yeah, I I'm I've been firmly on team Grayson McCall for about 3 years now. Okay. Um, you know, I was one of those draft nerds who watched Zach Wilson and BYU play that rushed up game against Coastal and McCall yep. in, the, in the COVID year. Yep. Um, where they just kind of made the game <laughs> spur of the moment. Love it. it. Basically showed all athletic directors across the country like you all are crying about having things locked in 10 years down the road. Yeah, we just made this happen in a week. Yep. And and I remember watching McCall play in that game, and I actually thought Zach Wilson was going to be a good NFL quarterback based on that game. But, you know, I've always thought – I mean, he was a fascinating story because he's from the, uh, the Charlotte area. He went to Porter Ridge High, I believe, um, in Indian Trail. He was apparently big, big rivals with Sam Howe uh, once upon a time. Now, Sam Howe will enter his third year in the NFL while – Grayson McCall's entering his sixth year of college next year. So it just shows you how crazy the sport has become. Um, but, you know, they had shootouts between Sun Valley and, and Porter Ridge from all accounts. But what hurt McCall in terms of his recruiting profile is that I guess he ran a wing T. Um, so there weren't a lot of passing opportunities. So he ends up at Coastal Carolina. From everyone who has said anything about the whole Jamie Childwell, uh, Caldwell and uh, Grayson McCall marriage, it was perfect. Like they were made for each other with the way they did their offense. And, you know, I didn't watch Coastal this year and I know he was banged up. And that's really been the only nitpick about Grayson McCall over the last several years. Usually this is a hand, like a game or two or three because of injuries, because he runs a lot. You know, he, you know, you look at his carries, he had a lot of carries. He gets hit a lot, you know, and they list him at 215 pounds, but it's, it's amazing how you don't look so big when you get hit by 250 or 270-pound guys. And, right. you know, obviously Brendan Armstrong got hit a lot this year too. And by the end of the year, he was hurting with his ribs. It, it This goes – I mean, that is a thing that is a an age-old college footballism. You have a running quarterback, you risk getting him hurt. That's why the NFL guys don't run, plus they're better hitters. You know, like very few NFL guys and Newton, Lamar Jackson, but Grayson McCall, man, he makes plays. He's He's got moxie.
0: If he's not the answer, is there someone out there that is available to them? That would make
2: sense. They haven't really, they haven't seemed to be linked to another quarterback yet, but it's something I've been following fast. I've been fascinated by the amount of quarter. I knew there'd be a lot of quarterbacks. I just didn't know which ones. I mean, Will Howard leaves Kansas state, which became, Uh, an important thing this month with NC state playing Kansas state, you know, I mean, we reached a point now where Lane Kiffin trolls, the other teams recruiting Will Howard by posting pictures of himself in Manhattan, Kansas on (laughs) on Twitter, just to let the other colleges and fan bases know like, yo, I'm here in Manhattan. This is my guy. So it tells you what the stakes are. Dillian Gabriel, you know, leaving Oklahoma. Um, You know, I look at it as like, there's value guys, you know, like, you know, I don't know if NC State will go after him, but, you know, the Indiana quarterback on a bad team, you know, had like 15 touchdowns and five interceptions in over like, I don't know, like seven, eight games. He wasn't the full time starter, but it's clear that he made the best of his situation and and he, he ends up leaving. You know, so there, there's other there's guys that are like that. Minnesota just got the quarterback from New Hampshire. You know, they mm-hmm. believe in him. Um, that always seems to happen. So. You know, people get very excited about the DJ Ungolays and the, sure. you know, guys that were hyped up in high school, like Adante Moore from UCLA and um, Cam
0: Ward at Washington yeah Cam State. Ward
2: at Washington State. I mean, there's there's some very exciting names. Then there's there's lower value guys. I wouldn't say lower value, but there's maybe under the under the mainstream guys like um, Aiden Childs, who also left Oregon State, who was a true freshman, who everybody believes has a monster future. And we'll have four, probably at least three or four years of eligibility if he redshirted. Like I don't know if he played the four games or more, but um, but at least minimum three years. And I would I wouldn't be shocked if NC State ended up getting maybe a young guy that can be developed, and then the older guy that plays. It, it wouldn't <laughs> shock me if they yeah. got two guys in the portal because at some point they have to get caught up with their quarterback numbers. I mean this this goes back to Ben Finley leaving at an inopportune time in the spring. Then it goes back to the previous year where Aaron McLaughlin left at oh an inopportune time. <laughs> I mean, there, there, there's times to leave, and then there's right. times not to leave. Like right. we, we've talked to, like, you know, Kevin Keats would always get burned because like Blake Harris would leave in October, or Ian Steer would quit the team after one game. Well, you, you can't replace a guy <laughs> in yeah. October or November. So you just used up a scholarship, a precious scholarship. And that's what's kind of happened at the quarterback spot. And then the, the other dynamic that has to happen over the next, I guess, what, two weeks or two and a half weeks. They got to hold on for dear life for their high school kid, uh, Cedric Bailey, who's had an incredible year uh, for Hollywood, Florida, Shamanad Madonna. Who's got like the greatest receiving crew in the history of the high school world. <laughs> Talk about <laughs> receivers. What, both one and two in the country. Is wow. his, two of his targets, and then he has like a young kid who's up and coming, and then the running backs go to UNC. So it's like the dream team of offensive under players. Talent. Just but, talent. but Miami wants to keep them all home, as they you know as they should, right? Right. So it's going to be fat. One of the biggest uh, storylines going into the next couple of weeks is who is Miami going to get, and will they swipe NC State's quarterback? Well, then you're just down to Lex Thomas from Wake Forest Heritage who redshirted this year. So that's that's why I go back to at some point you you can't be worried about people's feelings. But have you heard about that with quarterbacks and their feelings?
0: Yes, just a little. But bit.
2: at some point you have to do what's right for the program, build the room back up, and not worry about oh, if we bring in this quarterback, it's going to upset that quarterback. Yeah. At some point you have to have a good group of guys where, you know, I mean, what if you know we saw what happened two years yeah. ago?
0: We, listen.
2: We're you, this way <laughs> from Ethan Rhodes playing against UNC. Uh,
0: Luckily, uh, Brendan Armstrong was able to uh to gut that one through. So, that,
2: that's right. what I find fascinating about the whole quarterback position is and, and that that could be an ongoing saga all the way up until May or June. I mean, yeah.
1: There, oh, yeah, there's yeah, gonna yeah, be
2: yeah. some kid that loses his loses the battle in yep. the spring at his school and he doesn't want to be there anymore and he puts his name in the portal. That happens every year. Now, what you can have is go and get nicest kid in the world, but you can't get somebody like Jack Chambers who just wasn't ready or wasn't a good fit for what NC did schematically, and then not, and then the Jack Chambers comes in and doesn't do any, you know, isn't a help at all. Yeah. They at least have to get somebody who's serviceable who can be a Tate Rotomaker, right? Man, we've heard that name a lot mm-hmm. in the last 48 mm-hmm. hours. He's he's like football god right now
0: well i'm looking forward to the spring game together we'll see what happens in this bowl game hopefully they'll show up more than uh, they did last year against maryland but jc zimble nc state rivals wolfpack central uh actually i'll see you at reynolds tomorrow
2: yeah big i don't know if you're going to do the 11 30 uh unveiling but then they have the the game itself at nighttime.
0: No, i'll be there for the game
2: but uh but yeah david thompson and crew will do the unveiling of the statue and um may, maybe a good segment for the future is uh who will be the first one to get a statue outside of pnc arena
0: oh boy hopefully it's, no one i i I'll just talked to scott what is it him. even allowed person <laughs> I, don't, I don't believe in them so
2: it, you know it could be rod ridden maybe.
0: maybe right
2: and yeah. someone deserves a statue at some point over the next 10 years
0: pack pro uh ac <laughs> simple. appreciate you taking the time man and again apple spotify google's all the places you find your podcast you find the law of the wolf and right right there of course subscribe hit the button there on the youtubes appreciate you guys we'll see you next week right here on law
2: it ain't for soft people